season's going to end on a double doink. Doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. The idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea and then... Uh, Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about anything. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not fun. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know. That's the idea. That's the result you're going to get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Don't go out there and laugh. laugh. The doctor is now in. Welcome aboard. On a terrible Tuesday of the T.C. Martin Show. What is terrible? Well, we got plenty of terrible Tuesday takes, as you well know. Glad to have you with us as we hit plenty today. Plenty to vent about like we usually do on Tuesday. And I think we may be a week behind of terrible Tuesday takes, right? So we got some catching up to do. Because of all the breaking news that we've had here in Las Vegas, especially regarding the Raiders the last couple of weeks. So we will catch up with our terrible Tuesday takes. All right. Also, Timmy B, Tim Brando, one of the great play-by-play voices. Doesn't matter if it's football, if it's basketball. Tim Brando, uh, longtime voice over at CBS, currently with Fox. Love having Timmy B on. And he's the ultimate crossover. Right to, you know, we're getting ready to start basketball season now, so Timmy B will be doing some basketball games, but a smack dab in the middle of college football right now, so we will get his thoughts and talk to him today. TJ Reeves will join us from Tampa Bay, the Bucks sideline reporter. So we will talk to him regarding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They get ready coming off of a bye week. Talk about that NFC South division. Talk about the, the bumbling Saints. It was nice to pick against the Saints last week as uh, the Falcons beat them. So we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Buccaneers. And we'll also talk some college football because T.J. Reeves also uh, works for Compass Media uh, College Football. And uh, he called the Alabama-LSU game last weekend as well, too. So plenty on the table to discuss here today. T.C. Martin, Numchuck on the other side of the glass. And uh, always, uh, your thoughts prevalent. You can hit us on Twitter at TCMartin1 or join the party here at 702-221-7283. All right. Terrible Tuesday. Let us begin. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. Well, obviously, we've been talking a lot about the Raiders this past week. Raiders cutting ties with both first-round picks of the 2020 draft. Uh, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, because of their off-the-field issues. And when you go back and we look at this, and we've talked a lot about specifically the rug situation and it's going to take some time for everyone to get to get over this and get through this and Henry Ruggs has got a long time in prison and whether he plays football or not I personally don't care I don't think a lot of Raider fans personally care uh, because of what he did you know killing uh, killing a person but this goes back to the bigger picture here of what the Raiders have done draft-wise after going after and selecting uh, these these type of people that uh, have made some bad choices. Now, Henry Ruggs may not have made a lot of bad choices early on, doesn't have a, a spotty record, but Damon Arnett does. 
And Damon Arnett was also in that 2020 draft class in the first round, picked about 12 selections after Henry Ruggs III. And Damon Arnett had some issues at Ohio State. There were some red flags. And when you go back and, and look at this, you, you really have to question now Mike Mayock and the Raiders organization. I'm not here to really to blast Mike Mayock because I like him. Him and John Gruden both uh, you know, made some questionable calls. And with this, these two first-round selections, they overreached. Neither one of these guys in that 2020 draft class were slated to go that high. So Arnett was released by the Raiders two days ago for his stupidity of driving, first of all, uncontrollably fast, causing an accident a year ago at the Raiders facility that now this comes up, causing over $92,000 of damage. Then word comes out that he's arguing over a valet ticket over at the Aria, arguing with, with valet people over there. And then... It even gets a little bit more weirder as he posted a video threatening to kill a fan parading around with a machine gun while videoing this saying that he is going to kill him, saying he has an army with him. Here is the audio from this ridiculous video from former Raider Damon Arnett. Five minutes away. Pull up, Wayne. I swear to God, I will kill you. <laughs> On everything I love, I will kill you. You talking crazy. <laughs> Talking about that shit five minutes away. <laughs> like, I really deal kill you. I real deal kill you. I will real deal kill you. And I ain't the only one in here, too. We got a whole army in this hole. <laughs> pull up right now. It's five minutes away. All right, pull up right now. I ain't mad. Mark Davis saw this. Mike Mayock saw this and immediately said, done, you're done. And Arnett was injured. On the field, he's underperformed. But off the field, this is who the guy is. And if you watch this video, and a lot of Raider fans probably have not seen Damon Arnett very up close and personal. You have not seen this guy do interviews. You certainly really don't see him much in the community, right? And this is why. You get a guy like this, you have to cut ties with. Given your organization, your city, your community a bad name, you cut them loose. Yes, you cut Henry Ruggs loose. You cut Damon Arnett loose. Don't care what kind of egg you have to have on your face, Mike Mayock. You did the right thing. Now, is Mike Mayock really battling for his job here? Maybe not right now, but eventually, yes, this goes against him. And Mike Mayock knows this. He made a mistake by drafting these guys as high as they did. And really, it doesn't even matter where you draft him, but having guys like this as part of your team, not a good look at all. Mike Mayock and the Raiders missed on these two guys in the first round of the 2020 draft class. We played this yesterday. We're going to play it again. Here's Mike Mayock calling an emergency Zoom meeting with reporters yesterday. Here's Mike Mayock talking about releasing Damon Arnett. Um, today, today we waived Damon Arnett. Um very painful decision. We spent significant time, effort, and resources trying to help him in all facets of his life. There have been a series of bad decisions over the last year or so, but we can't stand, we cannot stand for the video of Damon with a gun threatening to take a life. The content was unacceptable. Contrary to our values, 
And our owner, Mark Davis, has been very clear and very consistent that this is not how we will conduct ourselves in this community. The bottom line, the Raiders will not tolerate this type of behavior. On a personal note, I've talked to Damon, his dad, a couple others in his life. From my perspective, he's a very talented young man with a good heart. If he cleans up his life, I know he can make a living in the NFL. But not now with the Raiders. Mike Mayock talking about releasing Damon Arnett, which he had to do. And the bottom line is, you see a lot of teams do this in all sports, opting to choose talent over character. And you can't do it. They should have never, never drafted this guy, probably never drafted Henry Ruggs. Both have underperformed, but both had questionable character in the end, especially Damon Arnett. So good for Mike Mayock to get out in front of this, do the right thing, and bring Mark Davis's name up here as well, too, saying Mark Davis isn't going to stand for it. Mark Davis, cut loose. Mark DeBane, uh, uh, Mark Bedane, the president, cut ties with John Gruden when all of that nonsense surfaced. And now Henry Ruggs and now Damon Arnett. And that's what you got to do. Uh, again, in, in retrospect, a lot of questionable moves here, but the only thing the Raiders can do now is move forward and start making some right decisions. All right, 2021 has been the year of Aaron Rodgers, hasn't it? Oh, yes. The drama continues with him. You know, we go back. First, it was, you know, not showing up at the Green Bay Packers, you know, OTAs in the spring, uh, threatening not to show up for training camp. And then last week, well, he gets COVID. And he misses the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously hurt the Green Bay Packers. A game that they probably would have won if he was eligible to play. Because the Kansas City Chiefs have been reeling this entire season. Especially lately. And no Aaron Rodgers. Well, we come to find out that Aaron Rodgers was never vaccinated. Now this is a problem because he lied to people. Uh, He led people to believe that he was vaccinated. And he wasn't wearing masks on the sideline or at press conferences. And those are mandates by the NFL for unvaxxed players to do. If you are not vaccinated, then you need to be wearing a mask while you're in the locker room, sidelines, and during press conferences, none of the above for Aaron Rodgers. He was asked prior to training camp if, He was vaccinated, and his response was he was immunized. Now, no one followed up at that point in time to actually say, well, what do you mean, Aaron, immunized? What is this, chicken pox? What is this, the measles? What are you talking about here? So now that he has COVID, and now that he's missed time, now people want answers. So instead of handling it directly, he makes matters worse by basically going on social media, going on a podcast, the Pat McAfee Show, which, by the way, he is paid for to, to come on there uh, one, once a week to talk about his position. Here's Aaron Rodgers going back last week when this story first broke about being not vaccinated in the situation that he was in, knowing that he wasn't going to be playing this coming week against the Kansas City Chiefs. I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now, so before my final nail gets put in my cancel culture uh, casket, I think I'd like to 
set the record straight on so many of the uh, blatant lies that are out there about myself right now. Had there been a follow-up to my statement that I've been immunized, I would have responded uh, with this. I would have said, look, um, I'm not, uh, you know, some sort of anti-vax flat earther. Um, I am somebody who's a critical thinker. Uh, you guys know me. I march to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body. Huh. It was simply the fact that I have uh, an allergy to an ingredient that's in the mRNA vaccines. So on the CDC's own website, it says, should you have an allergy to any of the ingredients, you should not get one of the mRNA vaccines. So those two were out already. So my only option was Johnson & Johnson. At this time, in the early spring, I had heard of multiple people who had had adverse events around getting the J&J. The next great chapter of my life, I believe, is being a father. And it's something that I care about a lot. And to my knowledge, there's been zero long-term studies around uh, sterility or fertility issues uh, around the vaccines. So that was definitely something that I was worried about. I looked into and talked again to a lot of medical individuals um, and professionals and found that there was an immunization protocol that I could go to to best protect myself and my teammates. And it was a long-term protocol. It was not, again, something that the league didn't know about. The league was fully aware of it uh, upon my return uh, to the Packers. And it was at that point that I petitioned them to accept my immunization status uh, as under their vaccination protocol. Now, um, at the time, they had only had the, the big three was what they're going to do. And if you weren't uh, in the vaccinated category, you were uh, you were in a different category, which involved uh, some draconian um, measures and protocols that you would have to adhere to, um, which in my opinion were not based on science. And we're more based in a shame-based environment. I consulted with a now good friend of mine, Joe Rogan, after he got COVID. And I've been doing a lot of the stuff that he recommended in his podcasts and, you know, on the phone to me. And I'm going to have the best immunity possible now based on the 2.5 million person study from Israel that people who get COVID and recover have the most robust immunity. And I'm thankful for people like Joe stepping up and using their voice. I'm thankful for my medical squad. Um, and I'm thankful for all the love and support I've gotten. But I've been taking monoclonal antibodies, ivermectin, zinc, vitamin C and DHEQ, and I feel pretty incredible. The great MLK said that you have a moral obligation to object to unjust rules and rules that make no sense. I think a lot of people are thinking Aaron Rodgers doesn't make much sense. Because if you listen, in the beginning, you can be with them for a little bit. Okay, we get that. It's everyone individual's choices to make that, whether you be vaccinated or not. However, when you are held to a higher standard and your league basically is requiring you to be vaccinated because you're around 52 other guys, not to mention you know, coaches, trainers, executive staff, and that sort of thing, it is a little bit different. And here's the thing. If you really feel that way, 
then go ahead and say that in the beginning when you're questioned about it, you know, back in the spring. And then wear your mask like you're supposed to. But typical Aaron Rodgers, being selfish, typical Aaron Rodgers, the way he starts that out, well, since I'm, you know, the martyr here, that, uh, you know, I'm in people's canceled culture, like poor Aaron Rodgers here, all right? Then he starts getting your attention a little bit, and then he loses you again when he starts talking about, well, thanks to Joe Rogan. That's right, because I talked to him, and, you know, he advised me on on this and that and, and medical, you know, protocols, procedures, and in some other cases. How about a doctor? Go talk to a doctor, not to some ham and egg UFC announcer. I mean, you'd rather go to a UFC announcer instead of a doctor. Is that what we're doing here? Is this what we're saying? If you want questions about, and, and if you want to be a father, that's a good one too. You've had plenty of opportunity to be a father the last 18 to 20 years. Now you want to be a father? Good for you. Fine. Okay. A little late start. Better late than never, I guess. But uh, fertility, you're worried about that? Go see a doctor. See one that even plays it on the radio if you got to. One that stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. Dr. Christina Massa, I'll put you in contact, Aaron. Joe Rogan? A UFC guy? That that's who you, that's who you're consulting here? Oh my goodness. Yeah, so from his stance, you know, Rogers has lost all credibility here. Fans, sponsors. Here's one for you. Uh, a group that I used to work with, Prevea Health Clinic as well too. Aaron Rodgers was there's a spokesperson. Okay, he was getting money from Prevea Healthcare in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Wisconsin that represented him for more than a decade. Prevea says, "Okay, Aaron, uh, we're, we're cutting ties with you here. You know, you've done a lot for us. Appreciate it." State Farm, did you notice how many Aaron Rodgers commercials did you see with Jake and State Farm last weekend? Nothing because they pulled it. However. And we saw a bunch of Patrick Mahomes commercials, but you didn't see any Aaron Rodgers ones. So until further notice, probably not going to see him. However, State Farm did not pull out of the endorsement deal. Here's their uh, comment. State Farm says Aaron Rodgers has been a great ambassador for our company for much of the past decade. We don't support, okay? We don't support some of the statements that he has made, but we respect his right to have his own personal point of view. We recognize our customers, employees, agents, and brand ambassadors come from all walks of life with differing viewpoints on many issues. Our mission at State Farm is to support safer, stronger communities. To that end, we encourage vaccinations, but respect everyone's right to make a choice based on their personal circumstance. Nice statement by State Farm there, but they're probably not going to shed Aaron Rodgers from that, at least not until now. All right, so that all took place for majority of last week. So another episode uh, aired today on the podcast of Pat McAfee. Listen to Aaron Rodgers and see if his tone is a little different. So I just wanted to start off the show by acknowledging that, you know, I made some comments that, that people might have uh, felt were misleading. And, uh you know, to anybody who felt misled by those comments, I take full responsibility for those comments. And I'm excited about feeling better. I'm excited about moving forward and hopefully getting back with my team. 
and getting back to doing what I do best, and that's playing ball. It's been tough to be away from it. Um, I've been, you know, obviously dealing with uh, the COVID, and I feel like I'm uh, I'm on the, on the other side of it, thankfully, and thankful uh, to still be able to uh, have something to look forward to this weekend, hopefully. All right. There's Aaron Rodgers. A little bit contrite, but you didn't hear an apology or I'm sorry, because you're not going to hear that from him. But a little bit different attitude than talking about the, the woke community cancel culture, right? All right, because a lot of people have been in his ear, and he realizing he is losing credibility and he's losing endorsement deals. More from Aaron Rodgers today. I understand that people are suffering, and this has been a really difficult time uh, for the last uh, two years on so many people. Um, I think we all know uh, individuals who've lost their lives personally, uh, people who've lost their businesses, uh, their livelihoods, their way of life has been altered completely. And I empathize with those things. And I also know how sports can be such a, uh, a connector and bring people together in times of adversity. And I do realize that I am a role model to a lot of people. And so I just want to start off the show by acknowledging that, you know, I made some comments that, that people might have uh, felt were misleading. Yeah. All right. Aaron Rodgers uh, talking on Pat McAfee uh, today. So uh, that is the topic. Um, what does this mean for Aaron Rodgers from a football perspective moving forward? I'm definitely excited that football is in, in the conversation. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, just going to gloss over the last few days. I also... And, and people that know me know this is true. I'm not spending time reading things that are out there. I know that there's a lot of stuff out there. I know there's been a lot of comments said. Um, I I understand that th- this uh, issue in general is very charging to a lot of people because we're talking about public health, and I totally respect that. Um, I made a decision that was in the best interest based on consulting with my doctors, and I understand that, that not everybody's going to understand uh, that necessarily. But... I respect everybody's opinion. He respects everyone's opinion, all right? And he's definitely concerned about what others are saying about him right now. So that is the latest from Aaron Rodgers. Again, retracting a little bit and using Pat McAfee, a a paid appearance for himself on this podcast uh, to to get his word out. Instead of doing maybe a one-on-one on a more national forum uh, maybe a more broader form, maybe a not a um, you know a non-sports form. Uh, this is the way he he's going about it. So, bottom line is this: Aaron Rodgers did not play last week against Kansas City. He could play Sunday uh, this weekend as well too. Um, he could play. So he's supposed to come off the COVID list on Saturday if he continues to test negative. He's been testing every day. So if he has more negative tests uh, from today until Saturday, that means he could be back in action on Sunday. So I don't know. How, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers, the way he's handled this? Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. <laughs> you tell him, Kevin Harlan. There you go. Jeez. Could have handled a little bit better, right? But he gives a a lot of us people in the media, some fodder to talk about. All right, those are some terrible Tuesday takes, part one here. Next hour, we will continue and give you some more terrible Tuesday takes uh, outside of Aaron Rodgers. But 
we will touch on the NFL, and we will touch on Odell Beckham Jr., who passed through waivers today and is a free agent. But when we come back, we will talk to our good friend from Tampa Bay, T.J. Reeves. We talk a little college football, a little NFL, that and a whole lot more coming your way here on this terrible Tuesday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Hey, this is Robert De Niro, and you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. It's good. Tuesday, and we can't go a terrible Tuesday without talking to T.J. Reeves, who is often terrible, but some of us are not terrible. And see where we're going here? We're going a little three-dog night. Nunchucks pulled up a little three-dog night for a little T.J. Reeves on a little three-dog Thursday. You know where we're going, T.J. Reeves, with this? I do. I love this. Very nicely played there, Numchuck. As I said to him off the air, he may not even get the intro fully out before he mentions Atlanta Falcons, New York Giants, Tennessee Titans. Three for three again last week. My friend, it is not a terrible Tuesday when we're in your presence. You're like Michael Jordan in the first uh, half of those NBA final games when he just kept bombing in three-pointer after three-pointer. We've reached the point of silliness. You're like shrugging your shoulders, looking over at the scorer's table, and Magic Johnson's going, whose game is it? It's Michael Jordan's game. It's the doctor's game right now. T.C. Martin on picking these NFL games. Uh, I'll tell you the truth right now on a terrible Tuesday. Um, I've had people say to me, how do we get to this guy? How do we get his information? Because you're rolling so big. And I have said, this is secrecy. In addition to his show... On the T.C. Martin Show, uh, you can get it there. But we, we want to keep this as a as a part of Three Dog Thursday. You cannot have direct access, even if you want to pay nineteen ninety five, twenty nine ninety five. How much would you pay for the doctor's NFL underdog picks? You are you're on fire, and that is not an overstatement on the terrible Tuesday, my friend. Well, I appreciate the endorsement, T.J. Reeves. Thank you very much for that. Uh, having a good run, having a lot of fun doing having it, a uh, good run. Wait a minute. <laughs> Having a good run is occasionally picking one right. There have been now uh, eight, now uh, nine NFL weekends. You have picked a successful underdog one for one on seven of those eight. And on the other one, you have now picked three more. So that makes you 10 for 11. 10 for 11 at this stage, correct? On picking a correct underdog on that podcast. You have an engraved invitation. You have the red carpet. He's on fire. <laughs> You're in fuego. <laughs> that's uh, that's Steph Curry uh, free throw numbers, right? There it is. Or maybe like uh, you tell Michael Jordan. Yeah, you are there you, you are money boom, at this shaka point. Laka. You are yeah. Boom shakalaka is right. I loved me uh, some NBA. Uh, what was it? NBA NBA jams, right? With the with the boom shakalaka and yes. the boom shakalaka on yes. that. I love that video game back in the nineties. We would just hit. You would hit the X button and just go on fire and accelerate and leap into the air and then do six somersaults and slam her home. So keep up the good work. You know that you've got to be back on for this week on Three Dog Thursday. I cannot wait. Wow. There it is. Well, I appreciate uh, the endorsement. And I told TJ Reeves last week when he says, hey, you know, I want to do I want you to do a whole segment. I, I need three. I go, that's a lot of pressure, my friend. 
a lot of the, especially when this guy is. Can I I let you in on something? Because the truth be told, the truth be told on Terrible Tuesday, is I was looking for the doctor to go like one for three, or maybe even zero for three if it happened, and bring you down to earth a little bit. And, you know, uh, let let the rest of the public know that not everything you say is gold in the NFL. And, man, you just put the, the whammo on me, the exact opposite, and go ahead and go three for three. And like I said, I got people now going, what, what is T.C. like? T.C. like the Dolphins Thursday night? Come on, what's T.C. like? I'm like, you got to wait for the show. you got to wait for Three Dog Thursday this week to find out more from this man. There you go, man. All right. Uh, love being on the Three Dog Thursday with you. Again, of, of course, uh, you know, our listeners here can follow that there. They follow the best bets on on a website, our, our show Friday, The Cosmopolitan. But this is what you fail to realize, TJ Reeves. This is this is nothing new. Now, obviously, 10 of the last 11, I mean, that's, that's in flago. That's on fire. That's Steph Curry range like last night. Steph Curry going for 50 against the Hawks last night. Yeah. We get that. But we've been doing this. For quite some time here in the in the desert in this city, but a long time. So this is like now. Wait, here's what cracks me up that people don't know, and I I think that you do know though. Is this this guy T.J. Reeves is hitting me up like Wednesday? Hey, can you come on like in an hour? I'm going, dude, I, I'm a little bit busy right now. I haven't even chance to look at the board yet. I mean, I usually don't look at the board for our best bet segment on Friday until like Friday after the show, Friday night. That's when we start doing homework. And this guy wants me to drop everything. No matter if I'm in uh, on the road with the Aces or I'm on the road with the World Series, I'm in dropping line, everything. In line trying to get your ticket yes. at the World Series Game 2, Will you call. delivered a successful underdog with the Saints upsetting my Buccaneers and ruining my weekend yes. in the Big Easy. I tried to tell you. Uh, it does not matter. Your audience demands that you show up, that you post, demands excellence, and it doesn't matter if you are with the Aces. It doesn't matter if you're with Dusty Baker and the runner-up Houston Astros. It, do, it doesn't matter where you are. If you're back in the studio uh, right now sequestered with Nunchuck, which is an image that I don't want on a terrible Tuesday, it doesn't matter. The doctor what? has to deliver, and you have delivered. All right. I appreciate that. So I, I, there we go. So uh, have you spoke to my agent yet about this contract for the rest of the season? Here? <laughs> have you done that I, yet? I, I have, and I've let the agent know that your picks have been on fire, but you're only good. You're only as good as the most recent week. Right, so exactly. The, the most recent week is right now, and you've got to deliver again, and then we'll keep talking. I mean, he wants a book deal for you. He wants like a mini series on the Lifetime channel, the Life and Times, uh, you know, a documentary maybe from A&E, like the wrestling stuff. Well, we can't have any of that if you don't keep picking winners. So I, I, I am in negotiation with your agent. That's correct. I, I am going to get dropped like a bad habit, the the, the first loss that I give this guy. It's going to be you realize I'll be kicked realize, to the curb. I've been, doing the, uh, I've been doing the no huddle underdogs this year with usually three people to each pick one underdog. There's like there's like one other person that picked two in a row. I've recycled like seven or eight people while TC is still on the segment because you're on fire and I'm bringing you back if you're winning. So everybody else dropped off, and you're like Usain Bolt looking around to see who's there at, at 90 meters and 95 meters, and nobody's there. So you just put the number one finger up and win the gold medal. There you go. I'm looking like the freeze. The freeze in Atlanta, right? You know, uh, racing the ham and acres from uh, foul pole to foul pole in Atlanta, right? <laughs> Which that looks a lot easier than it actually is to run that much, especially against the distance runners. So 
I agree. I agree with you on that. But uh, somehow I don't think seven or eight minutes into our conversation that the audience wants much more of the love fest of your football picks. So what else can I do for you on this a terrible is, Tuesday? This is, that's it. You're done. That's all I need to hear. I mean, again, <laughs> this is unabated to the quarterback. I didn't ask you to do this. You just came out of the gate. That's right. I mean, you just came out of the gate like, uh, you, you know, like, like, like the Breeders' Cup winner in the Classic. I mean, you just came came firing. There you go. You're a wire-to-wire winner. There it is. By the way, I I know that uh, there is some allegiance from both Numchuck and our buddy uh, VGK Frank, Ballpark Frank, to the Chicago Bears. Please tell me that in the first segment before I came on that you have crucified the officiating job last night on Monday Night Football with the Bears and the Steelers on a terrible Tuesday because terrible doesn't even do that justice. Abominable, horrific. I'm talking about bad calls that affected both teams. Uh, what was that last night? So I, I just wanted to fire off that salvo. Hopefully you've already been bashing that. No, actually we haven't got to that because we were doing Aaron Rodgers bashing uh, I gotcha. and, and, and Raiders bashing. Not so much Raiders because, again, you know, I, I, I like my, my, my Raider guys here, you know, with Mark Davis and Mike Mayock or whatever, and, and I actually gave them, you know, shot Mike Mayock down a little bit before his drafting of the 2020 first My rounders gosh. and getting rid of those guys. So that had to take precedence. But part two of the terrible Tuesday will be next hour, my friend. But uh, I am going to be talking some NFL. But while I have you here, and sounds like you'd love to weigh in on, we could talk about last night's game. And first of all, we'll put in perspective, first of all, that I had action on the Steelers on a teaser pleaser. Our good friend okay. and cohort, Matthew Holt, who is in the Circa multi-million dollar survivor contest has uh, is still alive and his choice last night just to win the game was the Pittsburgh Steelers mm. so Matt and I were sweating bullets last night in the fl- in the last three sweating minutes. Gravy, as oh like to my say. goodness gravy gracious! Just, as the Bears came back yes. and showed some life late in that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So and to make matters worse, I mean, this is the kind of love that that or lack of support that I have in my crew here. So Numchuck knows that. I've got money on the Steelers just to win the game, all right? And what is he doing? The moment the Bears take the lead, he's sending me texts like, Oh, Justin frickin' Fields, yeah! Like, (laughs) you don't do that, all right? I don't care because you didn't bet on the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears have done nothing for you. You know that you're your guy here, all right? The guy that's hired you here hey, has got ticket. money, you money on the line, and you ticket. want a, the meal ticket. Thank you very much, TJ. You know what I'm talking about. And he wants to throw daggers at me like I'm supposed to be happy about this. He doesn't understand the gaming world when we're watching games and we are sweating profusely at, at, at our at – our, not here for like rah-rah our team. This is money at stake here, my fan. It's, it's reputation at stake. Those, those things take precedence. You should have known, you should have known, though, that in the end, the Steelers were going to find a way because it's one of the most incredible, quirky stats that they have not lost a Monday night home game in 31 years now. And what is it, 19 in a row? They kept saying it. He was either 18th one in a row or the 19th one in a row last night. You've got to go all the way back to the 1990 season at the old Three Rivers stadium for the last time they've lost a monday night home game in pittsburgh now again that one was scary that one was ugly 
in the fourth quarter and looking like it could be a loss, but alas, the Steelers pulled it out. So your guy in the survivor pool, yeah, he was probably sweating bullets, but he got it done. Yeah, exactly. And then again, the way Ben Roethlisberger was looking in that fourth quarter, which we've seen Ben Roethlisberger look this way in the past. Oh, very, very scary. No doubt about it. But so let's address the officiating because that is a big deal to a lot of people right now. And Tony Corrente, whatever, throws the flag. I'm going to say this, all right, plain and simple. Maybe I'm skewed. I am skewed. There's no question because that kept that drive alive. So for us that had the Steelers in any uh, shape or form last night, you were glad that he threw the flag. But here's the deal. I am not upset about that, even if I had the Bears, because here's the thing. Taunting uh, the nonsense, the me-first mentality makes me sick. And the NFL has made... Uh, their MO this year, as they said, their point of emphasis, every year it's something different, right? And their point of emphasis is we're getting rid of the me-first mentality, the showboating, and the taunting. They want to take it out of the game. So what a better way to get these goofballs to stop doing this nonsense is to throw the flags. And I will say this, they have done it consistently. You're at Tampa Bay games every week. You see it as well, too. We may not like it. I would rather see you throw flags for the taunting and that nonsense, that me-first mentality, than I would driving a quarterback to the ground. Because to me, that's tackle football, okay? Unless you're really purposely laying it on this guy, you're going forearm shiver to the throat or to the head or something like that. We get that. But some of these things that we're seeing, taking a quarterback down to the ground does not deserve a flag. But if you're going to say, don't do it, And these yahoos just continue to do it because look at me. And did you hear this numbskull's reaction today? Talking about, well, that's just my celebration dance. I've been doing it. Who gives a damn about a celebration dance? Right. Seriously. They're trying to. I know. You're you're going to have an aneurysm here in a second. Let me take over for one second and Uh. say 1,000% correct that you need to get rid of the stuff after the play that instigates the pushing, the shoving, the swing whatever. That's what they're trying to do. You're right. I'm there at field level. And and I understand you've got big bodies flying at other big bodies and emotion. And the game is, the game is tense. The game is late. And somebody's cheap shot at you earlier in the game and the refs didn't see it. And now you want to pay them back. I get all that. But in the end, if they're trying to crack down, you got to be smarter. And I'm with you at this point, we're almost a two hand touch with the quarterback. That's going to be the only thing allowed because I've seen in the Buccaneers case a couple of times now recently, we're just shoving the quarterback down. Let me say again on a terrible Tuesday, shoving the quarterback down after he's thrown the ball, not tackling him, much less falling on him with your full body weight, shoving him down after he's thrown it is now a 15 yard penalty. It's, Uh, Again, uh, Deacon Jones, the late Deacon Jones, told me this a long time ago because he ended up with like 165, 175 sacks, whatever it was, and had the all-time record forever. And he he had an index card that he walked around with. I don't know if he ever did this with you or if you were ever around him. Uh, He said, said, here's the problem. He goes, I could have never played in the present-day NFL. He said, because you see this index card, this little three-by-five right here? He goes, this is the amount of space I had to hit the quarterback without having a 15-yard penalty. This is what it is now, the right. index card. Right. He's absolutely right. It's become ridiculous. Yes. So uh, Tony Corrente 
uh, made yeah. this comment. You and you here, here's the quote. He goes, "I saw the player after he made a big play run toward the bench area of the Pittsburgh Steelers and posture in such a way that I felt it was." taunting them and of course it's magnified because that was third and, and long is going to be fourth down and change of possession was coming late in the game and of course would we be talking about it if it happened in the first or second quarter probably not but you know again if that's the rule that's the rule it's just like they made a point of emphasis a few years back if you remember about uh, defensive holding bottom line is tell the guys to get their hands stop off the, just stop, stop it. just don't yeah. do it don't do it and then and, and they complain, like, wait a minute, I've been able to get away. You can't get away with it anymore, okay? So it's real easy, but these guys, again, it goes – and this is probably bad timing because everything that's happened here in Las Vegas with, with Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett, right. he's, it's the sense of entitlement. And this is just, you know, exclamation point, parentheses, uh, I agree. Know, sl- sledgehammer. Just hitting it down, saying this is what we have nowadays. These guys coming out of college, getting paid millions, and they think the rules or the laws do not apply to them. And this is an extension of that, TJ. It's an extension. What we see on the field, the behavior off the field, it's all under the same umbrella because they think they can get away with it. If people are telling you, and you probably know this because – I used to go to these practices and, and see these uh, symposiums and all this, you know, type of stuff. You know, a referees come in during training camp and they yeah. visit each team. And what do they do? They gather everybody together and they say, "This is what we're concentrating on, so don't do it." Everybody knows this, and if the head coaches are not hammering this home week in and week out, oh, then shame are. on them. But they are, and I'll even go a step further. So the NFL puts out videos every week for the teams, for the coaches, to show to their teams. And they watch these. Uh, The good teams all watch them that show they're emphasizing taunting. Here's example A from this past weekend. Here's example B. Here's example C. And some of the teams, it's one of their own guys that you're sitting there watching on the NFL's video that they're sending to all the teams. And if you're still going out and doing it, it is just mind-numbing. It's just idiotic that you're still going off and doing it. But they're trying to they're trying to legislate it. I understand why. I understand what it leads to. Uh, I mean, a perfect example is they don't want to hit defenseless receivers anymore. They don't want uh, forcible head shots at at receivers over the middle. So you look over the last. Five, ten years now that they've emphasized that, it's basically gone away. Nobody does it anymore up higher in the head. What they do is they go down low and, and submarine people in the knees or the legs, and you, you end up with an injured ACL or something that puts you out for six months or a year. But they've basically legislated the head hits out of the secondary in the NFL, where you don't have a safety doing what Ronnie Lott did, coming running up full blast, and just or John Lynch. My Hall of Fame Buccaneer, now the GM of the 49ers, destroying people uh, that are trying to catch the football with a running start. So they have been able to legislate that, and that's how they do it with point of emphasis. I get it. And so they're trying to get some of the taunting out of the game. I know some people look at it as the no-fun league, but welcome to 2021 and how we're trying to to make it safer and make it better as well. And last thing about last night's game, yeah, there were some missed calls, but the Bears – 
have 120 yards and penalties, right? Ridiculous. Yes. How many offsides? I mean, that is just moronic. Lining up offsides. Li- there it is. Line- Line- lining up incorrectly in their eighth or ninth game of the season. Right. Like this is the preseason. Right. Ridiculous. Right. And we had, what, uh, three of those calls, I think, within a, a four-play span in the fourth <laughs> quarter as well. Ridiculous. So, yeah, blame I yourself. I have a profound statement that I've lived far too long with with Buccaneer football and lots of bad Buccaneer football and fired coaches. You know what bad teams do? They invent ways to lose. Bad teams are careless. Bad teams do the dumbest things at the wrong times all the time. And that's the Chicago Bears right now. Even in a game that they had a chance to win on the road against the playoff team, they remembered they were the Bears and found ways to screw it up at the end of the game. There it is. All right. Uh, he is TJ Reeves, part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers broadcasting crew. How about that? The NFC North, uh, everybody lost except for the Lions this weekend, right? They all lost. Oh. The, hey, the Buccaneers had a great weekend just sitting back watching football. That's it. And, and like because the, the Buccaneers, the Lions the Packers, did not play. Yep. You had the Packers as a one-loss team lose. You had the Cowboys. What was that on a terrible Tuesday? That's Down coming. 27 to nothing to Denver in the first half at home. Thank you, Denver Broncos, because that's the second loss for the Cowboys. And then T.C. Martin, dare, dare I take us back down the path of the doctor and the underdogs. You called the Titans, though, against the Rams, and they were fantastic. And that's a second loss for the Rams. And you even compound that with the other game that you and I were on. We both loved the Falcons in New Orleans. Now the Falcons beat the Saints in the final minute with the field goal. That's a third loss for the Saints. So the Bucks are back in first place, sole possession of the division, and got three other teams that had only one loss in the NFC to lose last week without playing a game. A great bye week. There you go. All right, so you got the bye week. You're going to uh, Washington to take on the yes. football team. Uh, give us some quick thoughts on this. I am headed to straighten out Congress, see if we can do that early on in the weekend, and then we'll head to that matchup. Uh, and everybody is still talking about what happened in the playoff game last year where Taylor Heineke, your guy, you love him, the uh, mobile quarterback for the Washington football team, ran for like 150 yards, kept them in the game for a little while. The Bucks never never had anything less than a touchdown lead uh, in that football game in the second half of the playoff game, and Brady put it away eventually. So everybody's buzzing about can Heineke do the same things, make some plays with his legs, blah, blah, blah. The one thing that I will put out there for anybody contemplating the Washington football team as the home doggy here, Buccaneers off the bye week, Tom Brady off the bye week in specific is phenomenal, but Devin White, the outstanding linebacker, sideline to sideline middle linebacker, former number one pick two years ago with the Bucs, he didn't play in that playoff game because of COVID-19. He had tested positive, so he didn't play in that game. He played in the later playoff games and made a big difference on the Bucks' defense. He will be there Sunday and healthy. And when Taylor Heineke goes to scramble and take off, number 45 in Buccaneer, white, pewter, and red, is going to look to plant him in the middle of FedEx field. So watch for that matchup in specific. We'll see what happens. All right. Take a look at T.J. Reeves. Be part of that broadcast crew as Tampa Bay travels to Washington, Maryland specifically, to uh, to ch- take on the Washington football team. All right, my friend, real quick, I want to touch on the uh, little college football because you do a fantastic job. You and Tiki Barber last week called Alabama and LSU. And it's Thank funny, you. last week we talked about how Alabama was a 28-and-a-half point favorite. Wow. You had yourself quite a game to call here, and I'm watching this game on television, and I'm going like, wait a minute here. I mean, this is... Uh, could this be happening? I want a quick take from you on what your eyes saw and what your eyes have been seeing because you've called a couple Alabama games this year. What's up with the tide? 
All right, so you, you know that I worked the Ole Miss game yep. with our buddy Steve Berline, yep. our mutual friend, and they destroyed them. They were up 35 nothing. Uh, they were up 28 nothing, 35 7. They never looked back. 42 7, they blew them out. This game was the opposite. LSU played tremendous defense up front with the front seven. Alabama had some injuries, two of them on their offensive line, and had to adjust some offensive linemen, but still, that's no excuse. LSU stopped them and stoned them most of the first half, uh, leading the game 7 nothing. Alabama couldn't run the football on them, and that's got to be a concern on who else can stop the run, Georgia, et cetera, in an SEC title game or in a college football playoff uh, semifinal if it comes up. So Alabama had trouble running the ball. LSU had chances to win once again or Ed Orgeron on, uh, on a terrible Tuesday with awful clock management, game understanding. How in the world, when you've got a chance to upset the number two team on the road as a 29-point underdog, You've got six minutes and 45 seconds left. And this was not a second guess. I was saying this on the air to Tiki. He was in agreement with me. 6.45 to go in the game. You're down 20 to 14. It's fourth and eight. Not a likely conversion for you. Why do you not kick the field goal? Because you've been playing such great defense when you got all that time and timeouts. The cookie monster doesn't kick the field goal. They throw incomplete. They got the ball back not once but twice, but needed a touchdown both times and couldn't get it, including on the Hail Mary at the end. So Alabama looked vulnerable at times in that game. And Ohio State, by the way, didn't look great at Nebraska on Saturday. One score game against the three and five teams. So I'm going to love this later tonight when we hear the college football playoff committee head, Gary Barta, come out and say, well, you know, Alabama, that's, a, that's an SEC opponent that they were struggling with. Or Ohio State, that's a Big Ten. They still are bad. LSU's got five losses. Nebraska's now got six losses, and you're barely beating this. So we're talking about the beauty contest, Mm -hmm. the eyeball test, uh, whether or not margin of victory matters. Those were not great performances by either of those teams in the second half. So we'll see what they say tonight. But I'm already preparing myself on a terrible Tuesday for what I'm going to hear. All right. Good stuff, my man. All right. uh, Let's see. TJ Reeves joins us from Tampa Bay. We appreciate the kudos, except – you know, while I'm still dusting myself off and patting myself on the back because you patted me on the back so much today, I, there is one more thing that you might want to. Anything else you want you want to say or congratulate me for? Any what other? else? Uh, there was a fight Saturday night. I think I was on your other podcast, and I think yes, I touted something. Yeah, podcast. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Everybody and their brother <laughs> knew that Canelo Alvarez was going to win that fight. Are you trying to take credit for picking oh, Canelo please. to win? Of course. I, you, you wanted to make it like it was a fight, and I had to back you and Marquise down into the corner and give you the body shots. You're trying to hype it up like we're going to have a fight. Caleb Plant has so-and-so. Think, says hey, Caleb, Caleb come Plant on. deserves credit for taking a punch. They went all the way late rounds. We said on the podcast, does he have a big enough punch to do anything to Canelo? And obviously he did not. But the fight did go into the late rounds. We were big on the over, on the under over. Uh, And the doctor even said, word for word of the podcast, I'm not betting Canelo because I don't like the price here. So you were, I I don't know what am I, am I congratulating you that you warned everybody don't bet it? That I told you. you said yourself, I'm not betting it because I don't like the price here. It's not it's not, it's because the odds are too high. Not that I don't believe he's going to win because, you know, I believe he's going to win every fight. I said, it, when you're wagering, you're not going to lay $8. You know, you're going to lay 4 you'll lay 5 as much as that. But, no, I, and I, again, if you go back 
And like I've always said, that this was a non-fight. It shouldn't even been a fight because Caleb Plant did not belong in the ring with a legend like Canelo. And I told you what was going to happen, that he was going to beat down. Probably wasn't even going to win more than one or two rounds, which... And he didn't. And, and, and exactly. he did not. There you go. And you, you pressed me for an under-over. I said, okay, uh, over because... You know, Canelo will take him out. He starts, you know, turning up the notch. Rounds five, six, seven. Boom, there it is. So you got your over. There you go. Thank you very much. I mean, that's all you could say is like, well, you called the fight too. There you go. Not so much the, not so much the, the end. Fire. Not this so much the end, this but I'm talking about the play-by-play. The play-by-play. The way the fight went down was prescripted perfectly. That's all I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The doctor's on fire. I wait with bated breath when you bring the NFL pick this week. If you've got boxing knowledge, we'll take that. What other lottery numbers, what other yeah. other tax advice, whatever other info you have, bring yeah. it this week. Yeah. I'm all about it. I got a tip for you on the shell game, baby, in the streets of New York City. You're going to D.C. <laughs> you might be able to get a shell game, baby. That's what we're going to do. How's that? <laughs> See you later, my friend. Appreciate you. You are too much. Always good to be with you, initials brother from another mother. Thank you, my friend. There he is, T.J. Reeves. Compass uh, Radio Network for college football. Uh, He's off this week, but he's got Tampa Bay and Washington on his mind to be part of the radio broadcast crew for that. All right, when we come back, the college football guru, Tim Brando, joins us next.